listening to We Watch Movies. <laughs> I'm Ava. And I'm Jenna. And we watch movies. Um, so this week we watched The Power of the Dog, which came out um, a while ago. It came out um, November. November, I think, of 2017. Tw- not 2017. Oh my god. 2021. Um, and, well, we went back to watch it because... Oscar noms are out and we're um, we're trying to catch up I guess because there, there are a lot of movies that get nominated every year and I don't think there's ever been a year where I've seen every best picture nominee um, at least before the the actual awards um, but this one did I think it I think it got like 12 different nominations um, so I was like okay we gotta we gotta watch this. We gotta finally see this. And also, there was a lot of hype going into it with other awards like Golden Globe stuff and like BAFTA stuff and all, all this stuff. Um, and so we knew we had to watch it. I think Jenna had already watched it a while ago, if I'm not I mistaken. Had. Yes, Jenna has seen it. She's, she's a little bit ahead of me. I watched it yesterday. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna talk about it. It is about this rancher guy and his brother. And his brother gets married, and the rancher guy is all salty about it. And his brother got married to a woman with a son, and then the son is all awkward. And then the main rancher guy, who's played by Benedict Cumberbatch, is just really, really gay and and hates it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a great way to say. Like you know, you could go with like the very critical like internalized but nope just go right out there and say it (laughs) yeah um (laughs) well actually i don't know how much he hates it but he doesn't like he's not open about it but um i think he has had moments in which he enjoyed it um but i i will not um go too deeply into that part but just a reminder, spoilers. Um, so if you haven't seen this movie, probably go watch it before you listen to us like break down everything. Um, three, two, one. Okay. So yeah, the the rancher guy. Then he dies of anthrax, which like apparently there was like um, foul play, which I did not pick up on until I watched an or not watched read an ending explained. Wait a um, minute, you didn't. You didn't realize what was going on? I was a little lost for a part of it. Um, you just but just also dropped dead randomly one day? No, no, no. I, I just... Well, well, actually, no, kind of. Um, I didn't realize that it was foul play at first. Um, I didn't understand that that whole thing had been planned. That, um... That... What, what's his name? Oh my god, Peter was like, oh, let me just cut up this diseased cow over here so that later I can then bank on my mother selling these hides and then I can give the diseased cow remains to my um, abusive step-uncle and then he is going to also happen to have an open wound on his hand and he's going to wash the diseased leather in water and get himself to have anthrax. I didn't I didn't 100% pick up on that. Yeah, no, you see, I 
I liked the beginning of this movie, and then in the middle it starts to drag a bit because there is some necessary stuff in there, but some of it just went on a bit too long, and I feel like could have been trimmed down a little bit. But then once I started realizing what was going on, I got really invested in this movie, which I feel like is probably the disconnect between whether or not you like this movie or not. Yeah, I, I did like it. I was just a little lost, and I feel like I got distracted at one point by, like, my phone or some other thing at, like, one of those key moments when it was like, this is, this is what's happening. Um, I will say it had more of a followable plot than, like, Licorice Pizza did when I saw that one. Um, which is... Which I, I don't I like I did I did like the plot especially once I figured out what happened and I was like oh my god it makes so much sense now I'm just an idiot, um, <laughs> so so that was that was cute, um, but Jenna if you can remember this far back because you watched it like a bajillion years ago can you tell me what were your initial reactions? My initial reactions well I kind of hinted at them before but I didn't. I didn't know that much about this movie. I had seen some of the promo for it and everyone was like, oh, it's really good and there's a lot of buzz. And I was like, fine, I'll watch it after exams one day. And I did. And I enjoyed it. I, it, The movie itself looks really great. I liked all of the costumes and the sets and everything. And that's something that I just like to look at when I watch a movie. But I was also just really invested in the storyline. I was really intrigued as to where everything was going and figuring out why certain things were being emphasized when they were just kind of happening. Like the whole like scene with the cloth, I, like I got it. I, I understood, but I was like, why? Why is he just waving it around in a weird way? <laughs> but, but then I, I, I realized. See, that scene, I knew what was going on, but I couldn't get past the fact that this man who notoriously doesn't clean himself pulled a rag out of his crotch and then proceeded to wipe it all over himself and sniff it. But you see, subtext. <laughs> but you see, hygiene. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't buy into that whole theory of living. I'm sorry, but at this point, he's just smelling himself. Like, I know that it belonged to his, like, gay lover or whatever, who's dead now, probably from anthrax. Um, <laughs> but if he's smelling anything on that rag, it is his own crotch sweat. Very true. Enjoy watching that scene ever again. <laughs> Um, <laughs> did, did you get distracted or did you see the scene where he, he gets angsty or whatever about like how his brother is like has married life so then like one night he goes out and he's like you see I don't really know how like ranch is work so he's doing like something with a saddle like maybe polishing it I don't know but the, the way that it shot and everything it's supposed to be very like seductive and I was like hmm there was intention here, I can tell. Was it- oh yeah, no, it was Bronco's saddle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I, I like how you started that with, did you get distracted or- <laughs> Well, no, like, I don't- I don't want to assume that you remember it and then you're just sitting here like, what? 
are you talking about? Um, I remember Benedict Cumberbatch storming into a pool of water and then blowing bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Um, no, but Benedict Cumberbatch was definitely the best part of this movie, I thought, um, in terms of, like, the cast. And he did get nominated for Best Actor for this movie. Um, I thought it was pretty solid. We got, we got a lot of, um, actors and actresses in this that were nominated for things. So we had Kirsten Dunst for Best Supporting Actress, and then Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith McPhee for Best Supporting Actor, um, with... Uh, Cody Smith McPhee as like the favorite to win right now. Um, yeah, that that is a a decision that the Academy has made. Um, it's like it's fine. I I will say like everybody did a good performance, right? But I think that in terms of the coolness of the characters, anything that was interesting about them was written in you know it was like it was like a a, it was a writing choice i don't it didn't it didn't feel much like there was acting choices driving these performances i thought it was it felt mostly like writing stuff um i do think that would kind of be benedict cumberbatch just because i i feel like he was doing a lot that he didn't necessarily have to do but even yeah, no, with- a lot of, like, the depth of the character came from the writing, not so much his performance. It was more so just, like, being really extra. Yeah, yeah. No, with, like, the scenes that we were bringing up, too, with the with the saddle and, like, the, the rag and everything. Like, there's only so much that you can write for that. But, like, when you look at, like, Peter's character, he, he really, like, for the most part, he just, like, stood there. You know? Um, not that he did a bad job standing there as, like, an actor, but, like, his character didn't really do much because he was an awkward character and that's, like, who he was. Um, and then he, like, the coolness of his character was that he actually went and, you know, ended his abusive uncle, step-uncle or whatever, to make his mother happy again or something like that he had planned all of this out and that he was a little bit like actually sneaky and kind of conniving and a little bit evil um but also like kind of an anti-hero and everything all of that was written in as his character like it wasn't his performance necessarily you know yeah no i can no i can definitely see that and i agree i feel like a lot of the characters like they had depth and they were performed well. Like, not saying anyone didn't do a very good job, but like uh, Kirsten Dunst's performance, she was good in the role. But I feel like, oh, like it wasn't necessarily enough to garner. Uh, was it supporting actress? That yeah, supporting actress. For? Yeah, I don't necessarily think it was like enough for that. I feel like most of what made her interesting was from the script. Yeah, I feel like kind of what we're getting at is there are a lot of actors who could have played these roles just as well. You know, it's not like... I didn't sit down and watch these performances and think, oh yeah, there was nobody else who could have done that role. You know, which I feel like is kind of what I want when I see, like, a, a best act um, actor, a best supporting actress. And I mean, I think, yeah, I feel like Benedict Cumberbatch did a very, very good job. Um, was it... Is he necessarily my pick for best actor? Probably not. 
Um, but I think he definitely deserved his his nomination. Um, but then again, when you get to like best supporting actor, I don't know. I honestly I liked Jesse Plemons' performance more than Cody Smith McPhee's. Um, but then I don't know if I would call it like a revelation or anything. Um, or like some sort of captivating performance, but I feel like he brought more to his character than Cody Smith McPhee did to his. If I don't, I don't know. know, maybe I'm just not remembering it correctly, but I don't know. I think I have to disagree with you there, but we're all entitled to our own opinions. I just I feel like there was like a solid amount that Jesse Plemons did in terms of just how he looked at his brother. Um that kind of told a lot. And then and then Benedict Cumberbatch did the same thing back. So there was a lot of relationship between those two. Um, but Peter's kind of relationship to Phil, he kind of just behaved the same. He, he kind of, he looked the same way at everybody, kind of. You know, like, and I think that was part of his character, too. He didn't really have much in terms of, like, facial expressions. You know, like, that wasn't, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, maybe, you know, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. It's fine. Didn't necessarily have like a wide emotional range. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if I would necessarily say that he was like best supporting actor of the year. Um. But we we don't we don't talk about that. Sorry, I thought we, we we should punctuate that idea by just not talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um Yeah. Uh anyways, um there was there was one thing I noticed when I was watching this movie, because this this movie got nominated for Best Sound. And I it's not something that I usually pay a lot of attention to, but since I had seen that this got nominated, I was like, mm, I'm gonna listen. Um but the the thing was so the, their sound effects were really good sound effects but i thought that they were a little bit on the loud side like a teensy weensy bit and it was like i this is really nitpicky i feel so nitpicky like poking at the 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 like foley and everything cuz it was really good quality like you listen to like the the footprint or not footprints footprints don't make noise um <laughs> uh footsteps and stuff and like there was like a lot of eating noises and things and just noises of all kinds you know it felt very immersive but it also felt very loud i'm like i like i know that there are places that are echoey but still i like and but okay here, there are sometimes that I liked it and sometimes that I didn't though because I didn't like being able to hear um oh my god what's Phil's brother's name it'll come to me hold on a minute is it George might be maybe okay uh, we'll call him George until Jenna um corrects me it's George George Burbank yes okay thank you um but yeah George I didn't I was not a big fan of hearing him like chew up close and personal in my ear um because I had headphones on <laughs> um 
But I did like in some scenes when the house was like empty and Phil was supposed to be like a foreboding presence when they made his footsteps like kind of intimidating. Um, but still, I don't think he needed to necessarily be stomping around super loud in every single, every single like moment. And that wasn't just him. It was like everybody's footsteps were like extremely loud. It's like, okay, a little, like a little, like a t tiny, tiny volume, tiny volume down. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, th this is really reaching from what I remember. I don't think I can accurately say because sound is generally not something I focus on and know that much about. So I really can't comment on this or really any movie unless it's like really great or really bad. I have no memory of this, but I, I like operating under the assumption that I do agree with you that the movie was very loud, which those results cannot be verified at this moment. But <laughs> uh, I feel like there is technically a thematic reason for that because I feel like this movie is supposed to be pretty harsh and mm. not necessarily the I guess cleanest is the word I'm going to use like I, I realize that word has different connotations but it's just I mean it's a movie where kind of the main character is this cowboy who's not very nice and he also doesn't bathe <laughs> among other things and he's abusive to his family <laughs> so I I think there is reason as to why the sounds might be very loud because it is abrasive it's harsh you don't but yet you are drawn into it and you can't really get out of it because you just you feel like you're in this movie but at the same time it's like kind of on the edge of not necessarily being something you enjoy which mm. I feel kind of emphasizes the idea in this movie of you have this really powerful force that like seemed like unstoppable but then there's like this really small thing that comes along and all of a sudden they're gone um first of all i love how you said you have the main character who's a cowboy he's not very nice and he doesn't bathe <laughs> um but no I, another what am i wrong no you're not wrong um but another like thing that you can that that abrasiveness that you were talking about really comes across and i think definitely came across well was um in the soundtrack because i paid attention to that too jenna are you proud of me um I am. I am. I <laughs> oh my god thank you um but no because it got nominated for best original score so i was like okay gotta listen to that too it got nominated for like so many things um but now i'm not i'm not putting it as my favorite because my favorite to win this section is Encanto, okay? But it it definitely had that abrasiveness. There were some moments when they used the the strings almost kind of like psycho, but like not not exactly psycho obviously, but like they had like abrasive yeah, abrasive string like hits, I guess. Um which definitely definitely like strings were the way to go i guess with this soundtrack like for the vibes um i definitely appreciated that i don't know if it was like i don't know if it's a score that i would like listen to outside of this movie i don't think i could ever actually sit down and listen to this score just for funsies um but it definitely got that abrasiveness across and i feel like it's it since it is like the whole movie is just like tension between the characters and this one guy who's just very unpleasant. This, like, unpleasantness 
is omnipresent in, I guess, like you said, the sound design, but also the score and everything. And I really appreciated that. And yeah. You know, I'm really glad that you handled the score in this episode because, <laughs> you know, I, I I keep seeing this score get nominated. Could not tell you anything about it. Super horrible <laughs> of me. So I... Be, unless like a score has like a huge impression on me while I'm watching it, I generally don't remember it. So I really have to go through and listen to all of the scores that got nominated for the Oscars. But also I have a thing where I really dislike listening to the score of a movie if I haven't seen the movie. So mm. th- this might get uh, complicated very quickly. I, I forget <laughs> which which scores got nominated. But I think Hanto got nominated a that I haven't seen it. Yeah, Jen- Jenna's homework is really stacking up <laughs> this award season. I wrote I start- all of it on my weekly agenda, and it just it took over. It it's a little messy. I am. Um, we're we're working on a piece for the newspaper where we're making our own like Oscar predictions, which also kind of means that we need to be knowledgeable, at least to a degree, in each of the categories, which is a lot. <laughs> um. So that's really that's that's exciting. Um, I'm sure Jenna's really pleased that I roped her into that. No, I am. It gives me an excuse to watch all of these movies, especially because I have like two weeks left of Apple TV Plus because I got it to watch Cherry, and well, I haven't used it again, so I have like four things I need to watch before the end of the month. Oh my god! Wait, I need to watch those too, but I don't. <laughs> um. I for I completely forgot about that. Um, I I sometimes I forget that Apple TV is a thing that exists. Yeah, you know, I mean, like okay, tangent of the streaming services. I don't think it's really that strong. Yeah, it's definitely not. Like it, I remember it, using like, it for Cherry, and it wasn't like. Yeah, well, all, like okay, a couple things. One, it doesn't have that big of a catalog of original content. Which mm-hmm. I mean, I get that it's new. But also, it's still pretty limited, and even and like an even smaller amount of that is stuff that I would actually be interested in watching. Like it is literally four things I'm I need to watch, and three of them are movies. Mm. And then also, it's not like the most user friendly surface surface, and yeah. a lot of the stuff on there you still have to pay to watch anyway. Like you're you're just renting it. It's not even like they have content that isn't their own original content that you can also watch with the service so like no thank you i'll pass i kind of feel like it's a cash grab they were like oh disney did it now now we have no choice yeah when it's like dude you're apple you have so many other products (laughs) yeah i'm like okay okay apple like you do you fam um But yeah, no, I, I I feel kind of bad now for putting you on the spot for score every time, though. Now you're like, oh, I don't actually pay attention. <laughs> well, no, I do pay attention. But, like, no, like, because I can generally talk about a score unless, like, we have watched some movies where the score is essentially non-existent or it's all just licensed yeah. music. But, no, it's just sometimes it takes me a listen or, or like, two listens for me to really, like, catch everything that I want to to talk about it but I just I don't have the time or I forget that the movie existed and that I could listen to the score Mm. 
Um, let's see. What what other things did it get nominated? I'll just read off what it got nominated for really quick. Um, Why don't you read off what it didn't get nominated for? Might be probably be faster. Um, but anyways, best picture, actor, supporting actress, supporting actor, supporting actor, director, original score, adapted screenplay, cinematography, production design, film editing, and sound. Um, I really, I'm not a I'm not very well versed on how to judge film editing because I kind of feel like all of them are kind of the same. <laughs> um I remember I remember actually kind of liking what they did with Tick Tick Boom specifically. Um but otherwise I don't really take much of a, a notice of like the actual editing. Which I feel bad because somebody works very hard on that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, same, like, I've edited things before, but I also, like, I know what constitutes bad editing, but I'm not quite sure, like, where the line is of, like, good editing when you're watching a movie that's, like, fairly normal like this. Like, sometimes you can tell, depending on, like, the genre or, like, the type of movie, but in this instance, like, I, like I'll take your word for it, the editing's good. Yeah, um, say, say, there's some, there's, like, a lot of, um, I don't know if it's a lot, but, like, there's a good amount of, um, uh, categories that I feel kind of fit into that group of categories that I'm not quite sure how to judge. Like, um, like, best director, if you think about it, like, how do you know? (laughs) Like, honest question, because I had to Google it earlier. Um, when I was trying to work on our little chart that we made. Um, and I still am not 100% sure how, as somebody who's not, like, a professional director, to judge whether or not somebody did, like, a good job at directing. (laughs) I mean, they might have some inside scoop as to what was going on, like, on set and, like, the production of the movie. And I mean, I mm. guess if a movie is good, the director probably did a good job. Yeah, that's kind of what Google said. And I'm like, okay, but then there's then then it comes down to like the best picture versus best direct best director thing because there have been some movies that were do- nominated for one and not the other. Um And and so I I mean, Google told me like pacing and like whether or not a, a scene like drags on or is redundant or extra or something is in like a movie if that like that all is on the director and everything and like if the movie is well put together and everything usually that reflects well on the director um so i mean i think i think this this director did a pretty pretty snazzy job i would say um Jane I didn't Campion, pick up. I think is her name. Yeah, Jane Campion. I didn't pick up on too too many things where like, I was like, oh, that scene was a little long. I mean, there were definitely scenes where I was like, ah, oh, that was a little weird. But like, <laughs> I think that was definitely the point in those scenes. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think she did a good job. Generally, like, again, I'm not a director. Like, I really don't know. I write words. Here you go. <laughs> make them into something so i'm definitely not qualified to talk about this but generally like when i think of the director i just think of like someone like not not the producer but like 
someone else running around making sure everything is looking good like from a creative standpoint like the producer is like the just i mean like as a gross oversimplification but like the producer is like the logistics and the director is like the creative choices so i kind of just mm. like i figured if a movie has a lot of like good creative choices and things really work well together and they flow and everything like that and you know the movie is actually good then the director probably did a good job yeah, something like that. Um, what else? Oh, best adapted screenplay. I feel like it might have a good like handle on. Um, because I, I, if we go back to how we were describing it earlier with the characters, like the majority of their depth and coolness came from writing and not the actual performances. Mm. Um, and obviously, when you're adapting like a book like this, you have to write it in a way that like the characters can like retain their depth because obviously you're not giving like an omniscient narrator moment um who, do we know who wrote the screenplay hang on let me figure this out who did that oh Google. oh jane campion same person wow what she's a girl boss love that for her um <laughs> But yeah, so I I I really think that this had a successful um a successful adaptation, I would say. I, I do I do certainly like that. Um I think it did a very very good job um in not like and obviously I haven't read the book, so I can't 100% say whether or not it's as good as the book, but I do think that there is a lot to be said for the fact that like all everything of significance, I thought ultimately came from the writing. Yeah, no, I agree. This movie was really strong, and a lot of it came from the writing. Um, I, I see. I don't know if I've seen. Well, I definitely think that I. I this is my current pick for best adapted screenplay I will say that I think um, Tony Kushner was snubbed a little bit but that is asides the point asi besides the point um because we don't need we don't need to talk about the people that I thought got snubbed because then people are just gonna um I don't know call me biased or something I don't know um <laughs> Hmm, where would they get that impression from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that would come from. Um, hang on. Who's currently for screenplay? Do, 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 do. Scrolling, scrolling. Um, no, why is it so far down the list? Oh my gosh. Okay, so it's got Coda, which I haven't seen. Drive My Car, which I haven't seen. Dune, which I... I mean, I enjoyed it, but, like, also, I was I was under the impression that it was the whole movie, and then it was a part one, and I didn't know that until the movie ended, and I was like, wait, I thought there would be more. Um, so I haven't read the original, I was just a little bit confused. <laughs> so I don't know if I can really speak to the quality of that screenplay. Um, and then they have The Lost Daughter, um, and then Power of the Dog. And, I mean, we did The Lost Daughter on this podcast um and i think that 
there's a good comparison to be made between that and this movie because in The Lost Daughter, I mean, I feel like the performances were the best part of the characters. Like, that's, like, where I got any connection to the characters. I felt like there was some sort of depth and, like, meaning that was meant to be written into the plot that I just couldn't grasp onto. Um, and I don't know if that's just because of my position in the world as, like, not a mother. Um, but, so, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that was a very, like, I don't think that was the best, the most successful example of adapting a, a screenplay. And I feel like where that movie was not successful, this movie was very successful um, in just bringing to life the intricacies of the characters in a way that made people kind of understand and attach themselves to that and, and see why they do what they do and see the important stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with The Lost Daughter. I feel like where this movie, a lot of the depth and meaning and intriguingness, that's a word, of this movie came from the script. Uh, the Lost Daughter, while definitely not to the same degree I felt with this movie, a lot of what that movie gave to the audience is the performances. The, the script really wasn't doing that much for me. So that was a choice. And just... To go back to Dune, I feel like while that movie was like a little slow and just was a part one, so it kind of suffers from like telling only like part of the story and you have to wait for the next part. I that Dune have not read it yet. It's on my shelf. It's pretty thick, kinda old. <laughs> it's science fiction. But if you remember, everybody was getting excited about the big space worm movie. Like, really excited. And it did really well. Like, it's nominated for a Best Picture. It is a movie with worms in it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I, I, can't, I can't keep doing that joke. Someone's gonna get mad at me. But I think it tells this really large, really dense and lore-filled story, from what I can see, in a way that is intriguing to many people. Like, lots of people wanted to see this movie, even if they really don't have any connection to the sci-fi genre. And it did so in a way that was really interesting and conveyed all of this information without bogging the audience down. So it did a really delicate balancing act that paid off really well, so I feel like that's worthy of being nominated. So I feel like the real contenders are Dune and Power of the Dog. Also, mm. I don't remember the other titles that you said. Drive My Car, Coda, and The Lost Daughter, but I feel like we kind of pooped on The Lost Daughter a little bit. <laughs> and I haven't seen Drive My Car or uh, Coda. I will yeah. see Coda soon, so I can't really speak on them. I do feel like maybe something else should be where The Lost Daughter is. But... I agree. <laughs> um... It's fine. It's fine. I'm not mad. Um, like, I mean, come on. Oscars making me mad? That's never happened before. I've never gotten mad about anything in my life, actually. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're not going to talk about uh, your rant about Mike Feist in uh, the Google document comments. Okay. <laughs> Jenna. Mm-hmm. You said you agreed with me. I do agree, but it's very funny to bring it up. <laughs> um, I just think maybe the Academy decided that because he is such a god-tier dancer that he that he his role did not count because dancing invalidates him as an actor. Um, but I'm sorry, like the majority of the depth in his character and intricacies, like a lot, like there was a good amount that was written in by Tony Kushner and like conceptualized by Steven Spielberg, of course. But here's the thing. There are so many scenes that he like improvised or just like brought this entirely new level to the character, a character that has been brought to life in an extremely iconic rendition of the story. And he did all of that and nailed the singing and the dancing part. And I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just saying, I think you all know what I'm saying. But it's fine. Um, but I did get Jenna to confirm that I am not delusional and that I am not simply, like, being biased towards West Side Story right now. Um, because it is, in fact, a very impressive performance that should have been nominated. Yeah, um, we all know Mike Feist is the real best supporting actor. Literally, I'm considering, <laughs> I'm considering putting Luther's. him in my box. <laughs> on the chart for who I think should win. (laughs) You should. That would be hilarious. (laughs) Power move. Ava Um, is the real Mike Feist best supporting actor truther over here. (laughs) No, literally, I... silenced. So, because... So my Twitter has shifted recently from Spider-Man stuff to West Side Story stuff because I followed, like, everybody who had Twitter um, in the cast on Twitter. And, um, when the, on the morning of the Oscars, there were all these posts from people, there were, I saw so many posts where they were like, oh my god, I'm so excited, because by the end of the day, Ariana DeBose and Mike Feist will have gotten their Oscar nominations. And then by the, and then after the nominations came out, everybody was like, um, everybody (laughs) everybody was like, no, Mike Feist got an Oscar, y'all are wrong. (laughs) And it was just... I, I was just very glad to see that I was not alone. Um, <laughs> you're gonna like start a movement, aren't you? Hashtag release the feist cut of the Oscars. <laughs> um, you have to watch the Oscars and just do that hashtag and then like when they do best supporting actor just go wild on Twitter. <laughs> it's just during the during the Oscars, everybody's just spanning hashtag release the feist cut. <laughs> like no I- no disrespect to anyone who is nominated or whoever mm-hmm. wins. This is mm-hmm. all in good fun. However, we we make our case. Um, I'm just saying maybe maybe this movie shouldn't have had two nominees in one ca- in one category. And maybe, I don't know, maybe the person who was just better than both of them should have taken one of their spots. 
I have not seen Belfast Coda or Being the Ricardos. But I will say, I am pretty sure <laughs> that um, I'm not going to be as impressed as I was when I saw West Side Story. I, I'll be concerned if you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, no, honestly, right now, my, right, right now, because I haven't seen, like, half of the Best Picture nominees, I have West Side Story in my little box. Um, and by the way, when I'm referring to my little box, um, we're making a, we're making our, like, Oscar stuff predictions chart and I put two columns for each of one for each of us that's just who we think should win um and then we're gonna collectively decide who we think will win um because they're not necessarily gonna we're not gonna line up with the academy as we've seen um so in my little box right now for best picture I have West Side Story um I don't know if it's gonna change when I see um what is one of the ones? I have not seen Nightmare Alley, King Richard, Drive My Car, Coda, or Belfast. Those are the ones that I still have to see. Um, but I liked it more than Don't Look Up, Dune, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog. Um, I'm so mad Don't Look Up got nominated. So I understand putting it for screenplay. I understand that because they did put commentary and things into it and it was witty in some parts um if they had deleted the end credit scenes but i definitely don't think it's a like a best picture moment for um, sure not that like funny movies can't be best picture or anything um so like i'm not trying to discount it for just like the fact that it's not like an artsy film but no, there was just there was it was just a little bit too heavy-handed sometimes to be like actually like a thought-provoking actual like work of masterpiece art <laughs> work of masterpiece art yeah i know a lot of people are like split on whether or not they like this movie and whether or not they thought it was good the longer it goes on and the more i think about it the more i kind of sour to it i don't hate it or anything it, it wasn't my favorite when i was watching it and it's getting farther and farther from that the longer I think about it. But yeah, it has nothing to do with like its genre or what it was saying or the fact that it was a comedy. I just don't think it was put together well enough or necessarily did any of the things it set out to do effectively enough to warrant a best picture nom. Hmm. Yeah, and if, if anybody's interested in hearing our like full thoughts on that movie, we did do an episode on that. Um, and we're probably going to try to cover more of these, uh, mostly Best Picture nominations. Um, may maybe some other ones, like maybe, I don't know. Um, but, like, probably, probably Nightmare Alley and Coda, because I think those ones are streamable to some degree. Um, I don't know about the other ones, because I was looking at them and they were all, like, 20 bucks each to, like, stream. So I'm not sure if we'll be able to get, like, episodes out on all of them. Um... Yeah, I'm probably going do to the library content. this weekend. I'm gonna have to see what they have. Oh my gosh, yes, do that. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna try to do some more episodes because we wanna do an episode where we just go through all of the categories and basically tell you what's in 
our little boxes, you know? <laughs> um, because, I don't know, I've, I've been enjoying this this Oscar season, or the, just this award season, a little bit more than I have in the past. Like, I've been following it a little bit more closely. Um, not because I've been rooting for certain people. What? No. No way. Hashtag BAFTA supremacy. Anyway. <laughs> Real subtle, Ava. Oh, yeah, no, I was totally trying to be subtle, Jenna. I'm, like, the most subtle. Yes. Um, I am also a very opinionated person, and when I decide that somebody is the best at something, I will continue to believe that they are the best at something, and I will be very upset when they don't get the recognition that they deserve. Um, but also, just kind of side note, because this made me think about last year when I got really mad about, um, best actor. Um... And also, I don't know how much, like, right I had to be mad about Best Actor because I didn't see the actual movie that the guy who won Best Actor... I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I am so sorry. But the one who won, I didn't see his movie. But I remember I was really rooting for Chadwick Boseman. And I think was the entire Anthony world Hopkins thought... For the father? Yes, it was Anthony Hopkins. Um, but I feel like the entire world was expecting Chadwick Boseman to win. And so they they moved Best Actor to be Red Last. Um, probably because the Academy thought that he was going to win. And they were going to have his wife come up and give like a tearful posthumous speech and everything. And it was going to be a big deal. And then he didn't. And it was really awkward. And Anthony Hopkins didn't even show up. Probably because he was pretty certain he wasn't going to win. Um, <laughs> and it was all really awkward. And then you know what else was like awkward? They during so I was watching the um the announcements of the nominations, uh, and they read the best actor nominations in the the I think it was a theater school or something that they they named in the past year in Chadwick Boseman's memory. Um, so it was like the Chad McBoseman School of Performing Arts, and that's when they released. That's where that's where they broadcast from to announce the the best actors. Um, and I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, okay, you're just trying to pretend like that whole mess didn't happen last year. Like, okay, um, that was funny. Yay! I love the Academy sometimes. <laughs> It was just, I don't know if anybody else thought that was really awkward. I don't know if anybody else noticed, but I was just like, okay, this is weird. I mean, part, kind of the whole, like, <laughs> the whole reading off was, was like weird because I remember, oh my God, who was, let me see, who presented the, um, the Oscar noms? Hang on. Because, oh sorry, Google's taking a long time. Yeah, I can't help you with this one. Um, oh, Leslie Jordan and Tracy um, Ellis Ross, but Leslie Jordan, his whole like joke, like the the whole shtick of the entire time, so he would go off of um, off of screen. And then come back with, like, a different piece of costume wear. 
So like the first time he went off with um he went off and got a, a feather boa and then another time it was a top hat and all this stuff. And the whole time I was watching, I was like, okay. And also I was watching it muted because I was in school. Um <laughs> I was like doing Shavasana in like the yoga and Pilates class. Um <laughs> you were in yoga? <laughs> for part of it. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Um, I didn't know that. No, my teacher was like, you can, you can watch, because she, uh, she knew that I really wanted to watch them. She's like, you can watch them. Just like, be quiet about it. I was like, fine. Um, so I was, and the whole class was doing Shavasana and I was like watching the Oscar nominations get announced. Um, best actor didn't happen until the meditation was over. Um, thankfully for them. Um, <laughs> but no, I was like, okay, okay. We get the, we get the joke. It's fun. It was funny the first time a little bit, maybe, almost, and then and then it just kind of flickered out, I guess. <laughs> when when they when um he came back with the like by the time by the time the top hat came out, I was like okay, um, but like the whole thing was kind of awkward, and I feel like part of it was because I feel like they were up at like five a.m. and it was also virtual. So I know like literally. The people who got nominated didn't even stay up or didn't even wake up to watch the the nominations come out. They were like waking up to see this nomination was so nice or something. Because in LA it aired at 5 a.m. See, we're just crazy because we're up at that time anyway because we have school. Oh my gosh, no, I I love education. <laughs> No, yeah, I, 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 they should, they should definitely push school to start an hour later. That'd be nice. Mm. But, mm. yeah, no, I, I just, I, I like camping. It's, it's kind of funny how I was kind of more invested in watching. I was so invested in watching the Oscar nominations that I was doing it during my classes at school. And there were people who actually got nominated who slept through them. It's really funny to me. So we were gonna talk about the Oscar nominations in this one, and I guess we kind of did. Yeah, I feel like we covered that pretty well, and I feel like we also talked pretty decently about the movie that we were supposed to talk about. Um, We did go off- I think we went off on our tangent a little bit early on compared to some other times. But we, we did keep it fairly on topic, I think. Yeah, and I mean, the, the movie has been out longer than we normally do these for. So at this point, you've probably heard a lot about it. But since it did win the Golden Globe pretty recently, I, I thought anyway it would be interesting to talk about. Especially because it seems to be a pretty strong frontrunner for the Oscar Best Picture. Hmm. Jenna, do you think David. Cody Smith McPhee is gonna win the BAFTA? Well, I know what you hope isn't gonna <laughs> happen. I, I don't know. I don't fully remember everyone else who was nominated for the BAFTA. I know it was him, Jesse Plemons, Mike uh, Seer, and whatever his name from Bef oh, for Belfast. Belfast. Yeah, and J.K. Simmons. Uh, no, I, th I think it was a child. You think it was a child? <laughs> Hang on. on. Um, I'm looking it up. 
Well, no, I was- I saw- <laughs> hang on. Well, no, because I'm trying to think of what child you're talking about. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. Relax. Oh, was it the child from- oh, come on, come on, the child. Okay. Yeah, uh, oh, I haven't seen Kobe. that either. Me neither. Yeah, Woody Norman. Child. And Troy Kotzer from Coda. Yeah. Um... We all know who it should be. Actually, I'm not 100% certain because I haven't seen the other three, so I can't say 100% certainty um, as an objective fact. But I can say with, like, 99% certainty that it is an objective fact. <laughs> Actually, no, I'll give, I'll give each of the other guys 1%. I can say with 97% certainty that Mike Feist deserves that BAFTA. Um, and I can say with, like... I can say with 100% certainty that if he wins, I will be shocked. Um, and I will be very pleased. I will, I will officially, uh, switch over to the BAFTA side of, of life, and I will, I will, um, I will follow them instead of the Oscars. <laughs> the British Academy is therefore, would therefore become, um, superior to the American Academy, and, um, yeah. That's that's what would happen. I would I think I would move to to the UK. Um I would change my name to BAFTA. Uh oh, okay, okay. I think I have to form an intervention. <laughs> I, I, was, I was with you until the name change. Country change? Okay. Understandable. Name change? Can't say I approve of that one, Ava. <laughs> That's where Jenna draws the line. Oh my gosh, Jenna, what would I, I do not, without you? You're not introducing yourself as BAFTA <laughs> the next time we're recording this. <laughs> no, no, okay. I will I will introduce myself as BAFTA the week after the BAFTAs, which I think is what is it? The week it's I think it's the I think it might be the week before uh, the Oscars. I think. Um, anyways, what? Okay, whatever week it is, after the Baftas, if Mike Feist wins, I will announce myself as Bafta in in the next in the episode afterwards. Directly after that, that's what I will do, and I will not say anything else about it unless Jenna brings it up. Okay. That's my that is here, my pledge. Though. I <laughs> I will introduce myself as BAFTA for that episode. Okie dokie. Anyways, um as you can see we're a very professional podcast and um we're very intellectual about all things movies and that's why you should subscribe or follow us on whatever platform you're on so you can hear us every single week. Um, except this week you get to hear us twice on the same day because Ava forgot to edit and upload the podcast from last week all the way until this week. So usually you only get, usually you get one episode every Friday, but since you didn't get any episode last week, you'll get two episodes this Friday, which is so much fun. Um... <laughs> And we're then we're busy. What can I say? <laughs> and then 
yeah, leave a like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. It really helps out the channel, makes us happy and feel good inside. Um, and yeah, so you don't, you don't want to miss any of our future content because it's always super organized and well created. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think that's everything. We'll see you next week. Um, Jenna, anything to add? Hold on, hold on. No, I came up with it. Came up with it. Oh, no, okay, I remember what it is now. So after I watched this movie, I looked it up. Just, I was, I was looking for the Wikipedia article just to see and, like, news what, what people were saying about it. Because I was like, hmm, this is an interesting little movie. What, I wonder what other people thought about it. And... So, you know, you Google something. And so I Googled Power of the Dog. And then, you know, you scroll down a little bit and then Google gives you, like, some little boxes with other questions in them. And, like, <laughs> the first question that came up was, like, is Power of the Dog an LGBTQ plus movie? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, people, I see you. Yes. Okay, bye! <laughs>